0: Welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Epic Knight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And today on the show, we're talking about the only three strategies that make sense now that the government have introduced changes. So what we're going to go through are all of the strategies that still make sense in today's market and we're going to talk about the ones that actually don't make sense anymore. The strategies that the government has basically killed with the new tax changes because they just are so cash flow negative in that instance. And really the strategy that we're talking about that is properly being killed is if you just buy an existing property and decide to rent it out. Yeah. And maybe you decide to give it a lick of paint, maybe you decide to replace some carpet, All of that's gone. You've got to be doing some pretty significant things to an existing property in order to increase the yield and increase the cash flow to the point where you're not having to top it up significantly every week, especially when interest rates rise.
1: Yeah, it's been quite an interesting journey going through this. Ed and I have been working, or Ed's been working tirelessly on a spreadsheet and I've been entering different scenarios just to see for investors what it looks like just buying an existing property and renting it out now. And my gut was that it probably wouldn't be that big a deal. Yes, it would be more cash flow negative, but I've never been afraid to put money into something that's going up in value. But when you apply inflation and when you actually revert back to what you're putting in versus what you're getting out, the return on investment is so poor, you might as well be in a managed fund now. In fact, you're better off being in a managed fund. And generally speaking, they're less risky than property. So I just don't think it works anymore.
0: And that's why you're going to want to use some of these other strategies. So just to give you an example of something we've ran through our calculations, let's say we've got an existing property, you've bought it with a 4.5% gross yield, that's probably what you'd get in Christchurch on an average property, let's call it a 2.5% interest rate. Look, you're making no money in the first two years in terms of cash flow, now that wouldn't be an issue except for the fact that as interest rates rise, that's when properties become heavily, heavily negatively geared. And the reason behind that, of course, just as a reminder, is that the government's changes are the effect of multiplying the interest rate you pay by about 1.5 times. So if you're on a 5% interest rate, God forbid we get back to those days again, the effect is as if you were paying a 7.5% interest rate, which starts to get really scary at those high points. So let's go through the three strategies that still make sense for property investors.
1: Andrew, kick it away. So let's start with build new. So this is something we know and love at Opus Partners. This is what we preach. So we did the numbers on this first of all. Let's compare buying a new property of 600,000, getting 525 a week rent versus the same values for an existing property. So same setup costs. After 15 years, your cash flow on the new build, you're up. So you've paid all your costs, everything that we would normally figure in, interest, your operating costs and any tax that you need to pay. 21,500, the existing property. So if you buy a property off the street, it's already there. You're negative nineteen thousand dollars. So there's a forty thousand five hundred dollar difference here. So a huge amount of money. And where is that extra money gone? that's gone straight to tax. And so you have to have some really, really good capital growth in that period of time, then you've got to think about, well, I also needed to have 40% of my own property or existing properties as my usable equity to buy this property or I had to chuck the cash in. And the difference gets wider as the interest rates go up, as Ed said before. We were only working on a 3.5% long-term interest rate, so after five years. Realistically, probably if we were modeling this out, we'd use something like a 5%, maybe, or a 4%. So if that rate goes up to above 3.5%, that gap just gets more and more. And all of a sudden, you know, you're putting in much more money and hoping for more capital growth, which, you know, I'd be nervous about
0: especially over a short-term period. We would always suggest looking at a 15-year-plus view in order to be able to have some comfort around getting some substantial capital growth there. And one thing I should just mention around the long-term interest rate, over the last 10 years the one year fixed rate has been an average of about 4.7%. Now that has been trending down, so we may not revert back to that average per se because it's been on a pretty steady decline over the last 10 years. But we can be pretty sure that once we get out of COVID times, we'll probably revert back to where we were, which was at least around that 4% mark, perhaps even higher. The next strategy that really does make sense still is adding significant value to a rental property. And that's for two reasons. One, because with the LVR restrictions, we need to add significant value to property so we can recycle our deposit out and keep purchasing investment property. But the other reason is that you want to open up a difference between what your mortgage costs are and the rent that you are able to charge. Because you're going to be paying significantly more tax if you're purchasing existing properties, you've got to increase that cash flow to the point where you're able to pay that tax and still not be heavily negatively geared. You don't want your servicing to be impacted to the point where you're unable to keep on buying because you're having to keep topping up properties in that instance. Now, this is the sort of stuff that we were talking about a couple of episodes ago with Ilsa Wolf, who's talking about adding you know hundreds of thousands of dollars to a property by doing some pretty substantial renovations. Now, if you can open up that difference between your mortgage costs and that cash flow, hey, you're still going to be okay. You're still going to be increasing and growing your wealth through property. And the other thing to note there is that that's where you're relying more so on creating instant equity or manufacturing equity yourself and growing your portfolio and your wealth in that way. Now, a couple of ways you might do this, again, it might be by those substantial renovations. You might be buying some property, perhaps a property with some substantial land on the back of it and then building a property on there, or maybe going for multi-income properties that tend to have higher yields as well, but you're trying to open up that difference between the mortgage costs and the cash flow you're able to generate from that property. And I think that what's going to be a benefit for people who want to do some of these substantial renovations is that the competition for existing properties is going to quiet down quite significantly. So if you think about some rundown properties where there might've been a couple of investors jostling to try and get that property, gosh, the poor person who owns that property that nobody now wants, you're going to have the ability for somebody like Ilsa or another really clued up active investor to go in there and negotiate a deal because homeowners don't want to buy that sort of thing.
1: The next on our list is buy with lots of cash or equity. So if you're an investor and maybe you've exited because, you know, healthy homes has caused you to revisit your portfolio. So that's probably something that I've been doing over the last week while, just kind of consolidating your portfolio and figuring out what works and what doesn't work and getting rid of those properties which are underperforming. If you're going into this market and you've got a bunch of cash then that probably still works because you're not relying on that interest. Well, not when I say relying, it is is a bit of a joke. This whole not being able to claim interest is, I don't know if I can use the word that I would use to describe this on the podcast because it'll get bleeped out, but it is rubbish because it's a genuine business expense. But anyway, if you're using cash to buy, then maybe that works. If you're looking for a high yielding and you're using your cash, then great. Peter Lewis from the Property Investors Association was featured on Stuff the other day and he was talking about maybe be looking to sell some of his properties to pay off the debt on others. And that's certainly been my philosophy as well. If you get your portfolio to a certain size and you can scale back and take your equity growth and pay down debts on your other properties, then you're still going to be okay.
0: Now that's going to work for people who are really well capitalised, investors who have been in the market for 10, 15, 20 years and have been able to build up their equity to the point where they're able to do that, sell a couple of properties to pay off the debt and then just benefit or live off the cash flow that those properties generate. The people who aren't able to follow that are the people who are just starting out. The people who want to use the same strategy that yourself, Andrew, or Peter Lewis had used in order to build up a portfolio, they're not really able to do that anymore because they're not going to be able to get that highly leveraged in order to be able to do it. I always think of this when people ask how to build up a portfolio of sizable assets like you have, Andrew. I always think it's a little bit like pulling up the ladder afterwards because that option of doing it the way you did it is no longer available. Now that's not your fault because you didn't set the policies, but that's just something that's interesting to note is that people who want to grow their wealth and kind of move up in terms of their wealth no longer have that same option. And actually that's a conversation that I have with
1: investors all the time. If I'm working with an investor who maybe wants to acquire five properties over the next five years, that's a great goal. And assuming the bank will continue to lend you that money, then you're all good. But the challenge is you don't know what's around the corner. And when we had the LVR restrictions first come in, well, when was it, 2013? Yeah. 2013. jeez, where did the time go? I remember the change in the aggressiveness in which I could buy because the bank would no longer you know, lend us as much money because we didn't have as much usable equity. And that was an overnight change that we didn't see coming. And so as a result, it slowed down my purchases. So you do have to be a little bit careful when you are planning over the long term. Whilst I think that's really sensible, you do also have to be aware that factors outside of your control might stop you being able to actually achieve your goals.
0: And I've got a bonus strategy as well. I know I loves said there was a bias, three, but He I- loves a I love to chuck an extra one in at the end. (laughs) My next one is not actually about residential property but commercial property. I think we're going to see some people move into syndication for commercial property because you can still get into investment property and write off your interest costs in that instance. You can still claim tax deductions on your interest costs there. And typically, commercial property will be a little bit high yielding. The issue is that it's got a higher bar to get into commercial property because you either have to go to a syndicate or you have to have some pretty substantial financial assets in order to buy commercial property on your own in that instance.
1: And maybe the way the economy is right now, it might not necessarily be the right time for your risk profile, but you know, it's definitely one where you can still take advantage of a lot of the benefits of residential property investment. It just requires a, a bigger set of coconuts.
0: <laughs> I definitely agree on that. So again, those four strategies or three plus one are uh, investing in new builds, significantly adding value to existing properties or buying with a significant amount of cash or equity so that your mortgage costs are low and you don't have a massive tax bill or a larger tax bill than you were expecting otherwise at the end of the year or potentially looking at commercial properties as well. But certainly, the key message here is that that old strategy, that old way of investing in property, which is buy an existing property, put up some paint, rip up the carpet, maybe put some new carpet down, doing quite minimal things, that strategy is pretty much gone now. It's not going to be profitable, especially if you're starting out and you don't have a lot of cash or equity to put in it. It's not really going to be a good way to invest going forward. But I guess the upshot of that, which I'm quite excited about, at least for this podcast, Andrew, is it means we get to talk about much more interesting strategies and ways that people can significantly increase their wealth, particularly around adding value now that we've got Ilsa on board and we can talk more about this and get her on the show to talk about what people are doing out in the market. Hey, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And if you want to learn more about significantly adding value to properties, we are hosting a webinar with Elsa to talk about how you can beat the government's tax regulations by significantly cash flow hacking your investment portfolio. Now, this is happening in a couple of weeks' time on a Tuesday. I'm going to drop a link to that in the show notes, so tap or swipe over the cover art, it'll be in there, or just go to opuspar at said. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicholls. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.